Listen, you probably don't have time to listen to a ton of podcasts or read through dozens of websites or articles because, hey, your interview is probably coming up soon, right? Check out Equipped Essentials, the all-in-one, easy-to-follow digital book that provides you with every tip, framework, and suggestion all in one place. You'll walk away with the nuts and bolts, essentially, that you need. Plus, as a bonus, you'll get a two-page interview prep worksheet, making your prep painless and foolproof. Just follow the steps right on there. Head on over to equippedinterview.com forward slash books and put all the guesswork behind you. Get your copy of Equipped Essentials today. Equippedinterview.com forward slash books. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Equipped Interview Podcast. After 15 years of being interviewed and interviewing others, I'm here to build your confidence, help you stand out, and get that dream job. I'm your host, Joshua Tinky, and this is episode six. After taking a week off while I was on vacation, this week we're going to dive into one of the most frequently asked about topics, how to prepare for and answer behavior-based or situation-based questions. So not sure what the best approach is? Stay tuned. But first, quick interruption. Today's podcast is brought to you by my free resource, the Interview Prep Quick Start Guide. Do you need to kickstart your interview prep or just not sure where to start in general? Check out this easy-to-follow worksheet that walks you through the foundational but most critical steps to get yourself ready for the interview. You'll walk away with a clear picture of how ready you are and what steps to take next to be fully prepared. Just head on over to equippedinterview.com forward slash start and download your free guide, the Interview Prep Quick Start Guide equippedinterview.com forward slash start. All right, so for today's episode, kind of going to break this down into a few different parts just to give you a quick outline of where we're headed here. Uh, first part, we're going to cover just a really quick rundown of my version or my definition of what behavior-based or behavioral interview questions are and what situation-based or situational questions are. Give a quick example of each. Second part, I'm going to dive into a little deeper what situational is, how to, how to approach it. Third, I'm going to dive into the behavioral component of all this. And then last, I'll answer a few of your most frequently asked questions as we started on the last episode. So let's get going here. So what are the quick hit, quick definitions of behavioral-based and situational-based? All right, so situational or situation-based interview questions are kind of like this. All right, candidate, here's a scenario. Walk me through how you'd approach it. What's your thought process? And how might you handle this, this problem, this task, if I hired you? Behavior-based is more of a, tell me about a time when you already have handled a situation like this. What did you do? Walk me through it. What was the result? So one is backward-looking, typically backward-looking with, with the behavior-based one, looking at what behaviors you exhibited to try to uncover if you can replicate those behaviors if I hire you. That's behavior-based. Situational-based is Regardless of what you've done in the past, what's, how, do you, how do you think? Regardless of what experience you've had, can you, if I put you in a hypothetical situation, can you show me that you would have the, the foundational skills and what I need um, from a critical thinking perspective or whatever that leads me to think that if I hire you, you'll be able to replicate that or do it for me if I hire you. So slightly different tweaks on a very similar type of theme, but they are different. They're asked differently and they're the interviewer is often looking for something different from you depending on how they ask it. So we're going to dive into both of those today. So let's dive a little bit deeper into the situational one. I actually think there's there's been a shift in a lot of a lot of companies more toward the situation-based questions more so than the behavior-based over the last couple of years. And I think that's for one primary reason. I don't have data on this right now, but when you think about it, 
if you if a candidate answers or you yourself answer a behavior based question, you might be able to fully prepare your five to seven best examples of things you've done and try to tweak it for the the kind of question that you're going to get. And I'm actually going to actually going to suggest you do that in a minute here when we talk about behavior based. But in some situations, you might you might have done something really well, or been, you, you might be able to talk about the behaviors that you've exhibited um, in, a, in an example that you have ready for the interviewer. But you might not be able to know why you did it that way, or if that's your, the best way. And the interviewer may not be able to tell if you could do that again. They might hear I think one example of where you've where you've shown persuasion or influence, for example, just picking a, a skill at random. There, they might hear a really good example of how you. You persuaded someone and got something across the finish line, but you may not know what worked for you to be able to persuade them. And if you don't get that across, the interviewer doesn't know if you can replicate that when they hire you. So thus was not born, but I think there's been a a trend and shift more towards the situation based, which is basically getting you to name what that process is. And so it, it may sound something more like what I alluded to before, which was, all right, candidate, here's a scenario. Here's a problem. How would you go about persuading and influencing me to make a different decision? What's your process? They might even say this way. What's your process for influencing a more senior executive? Or what's your process for developing someone? Or what's your process for developing an individualized education plan, let's say, something for those in the education system? So there are different different ways to ask that question. But what's your process for this is, is one of them that you may hear or Walk me through how you would approach this problem is another way to get it. It's basically getting you to uncover and think through for yourself, what is my process? How would I, how have I approached problems like this in the past? And how would I approach that going forward? And it's way better, to give you my advice here, it's way better to have a process to answer that question than just to wing it. And so on this podcast, I often reference uh, leadership type examples since I, I work with a lot of leaders here. So one example that comes up, and I even I might have referenced this in the past, but is in the past, the question typically sounded more like, candidate, tell me, tell me about someone you've developed, something like that, right? It's more behavior based. Tell me about a time when, and I would listen for a time when, you know, behavior that they exhibited to, to develop somebody. What I did, what I don't know if I'm the hiring manager is if they could do that again to what I said before. So if to ask it differently in the situation based version, and you may get this going forward a little more frequently is, all right, candidate, what's your process for developing somebody? Walk me through it. What do you do? And how do you know it's, it's been successful or that it's worked? Things like that. And so what I, what I suggest you do, and I'll get into this a little deeper in the behavior based is really to combine an answer to make, come up with an answer and prepare for a question where you, you kind of combine an answer to both versions. So in this example, it could sound like, absolutely, I have a, I have a process for, for developing people. It's actually pretty, pretty intentional. So I, I look at these four things and then you list out the four things that you do. And then you go ahead and give an example of how you've done that and how it worked. It's a lot stronger for a hiring manager or someone interviewing you interviewing you to hear, not only have I done it, but I could do it again. And here's how I know I could. I have a very specific process that I walk through. And I highly recommend you do this. Think about your day-to-day job in things that you do repeatedly. Make sure you know what your process is. Even if you do it really well, you may not know what you're doing well. And if you do, document it so you could answer a question like this. Answer, hey, here's my process. Step one, I do this. Step two, I do this. Three and four, However, man, I wouldn't go too much beyond a three or four step process. It gets a little bit complicated at that point, but aggregate it together there, three to four steps, and then give a quick example of how you've done that. It really adds credibility to the fact that you did it, and it really helps your case that you could do it again if you're hired. So that's more of a situation-based type question. It can be versions of that, but I think that's the basis for what you need to know. 
Now, I'd like to dive into a little bit deeper because I, I think there's still quite a few interviewers out there who are largely asking behavior-based and behavioral, you might hear it both ways, but same idea, behavior-based interview questions. So I want you to be fully prepared for it and just have a good understanding of what interviewers are looking for there, how to prepare, how to answer the questions. So I'm going to spend a, basically the bulk of the time on behavior-based because there's still a lot of it out there, even though there is an emerging trend of asking some of the situational but as, as I mentioned a minute ago, I want you to really prepare for and combine an answer to both of them anyway, depending on the situation. So at the end of the day, when you think about it, I, I gave my version, my definition of behavior-based, just trying to uncover specific actions you've taken. You can think of it, uh, you can Google it, you'll find plenty of different, slightly different versions of a definition. But basically, as a hiring manager, I'm trying to figure out if you'll act a certain way or if you had a certain skill and you used it a certain way. If you've used it in the past, hopefully you'll use it for me if I hire you. Oftentimes a question may start out or sound like, tell me about a time when you did X, or can you give me an example of when you fill in the blank, right? The purpose of these is really to uncover how well you've performed in the past and really hope that's a good indicator of how well you'll perform in the future. In my opinion, most hiring managers, myself included here, use behavioral interview questions to figure out kind of three main things. So as you're thinking through how you prep and examples you want to come up with, think through these main areas. One, do you have the relevant work experience where you gained the skills that I need? Two, do you know what those skills to highlight are in your examples? Or put another way, are you self-aware of what those skills are? Not just, hey, I did this thing, but here's why I'm telling you I did this thing and the skills that I want to extract and tell you about. And then three, are you able to explain complex concepts or maybe even a really long story in a succinct manner by only sharing the relevant details? Now, that, that's an important one, too. It's some, some might argue that, well, interview, if, I could just, if I didn't have to do the interview, I could just do the job. And why do I have to go through this kind of song and dance of getting, telling the whole story in a shortened manner? I think it actually, for most jobs, most people, unless you're not interacting with people all day, you need the skill to be able to, to think through something, a, lot, a large amount of information and boil it down to really just the most important points and tell someone else. Like that's an important skill to have in life, almost any job. And so if you can't do that in an interview when a potential new job is on the line, how likely are you to be able to do that later once you're actually in the job? So I think that's another reason that it's really important to to nail that skill and practice it and know that it's, it is an important skill to have and it's going to come up in an interview. So what I want to think, talk through a little bit here is some ways and the best way to structure your responses. If you don't have a structure, you will ramble, trust me, and you probably know this about yourself. Even if you're not a talker by nature, you most likely will ramble versus not say enough. And it seriously decreases your chances of getting the job offer. Instead, I suggest you use one of two common frameworks used to answer behavioral-based interview questions. Um, having a framework really really helps you remember your example. You're going to have nerves in the interview. It helps you get through that. It also helps you tell your story in a way that the hiring manager really wants to hear it. They'll take better notes. They'll remember it easier. And this, this also increases your chances of them remembering the important details later. I want you to be able to share your story in a way that helps them take notes. So then when they look back, they, it jogs their memory. So the two, two most common behavior-based interview frameworks out there are STAR or SBO. STAR, meaning the situation, task, action, and result. And SBO is very similar. It's S for situation still, B for behavior, and O for outcome. So what are, what are each of these? I'm going to dive a little bit into them. Even if you've heard it, I think it's still a good reminder to 
structure your story in a way that follows this framework in your head, even if you don't need to tell someone, okay, my situation was this, my task was this, my action was this. No, just structure your story and your pre- your preparation in a way that helps you prepare better. So with situation, recommend just describe the background, the setting, the important context to set um, to set the stage of your example, including at which job it took place, the school, if it's a school example, what was going on, what's a little bit of the background, very briefly. And then the task, I think there's a reason. Oftentimes I, I get the question, like, well, what's the difference between the situation and the task? And they can kind of blend a little bit together. I'm going to argue that the task is, is where you describe what your specific challenge, um, your specific problem was, the role that you're in, or the, the, really the, the task at hand as it sounds. There's a reason it's the word task. It's like, what did I actually have to do? That's kind of the, the, the problem facing you. So a little bit of setup with the situation, the problem facing you, what needs to be fixed or solved, the challenge. And then with action, the A, this is really the heart of your response. Spend most of the time here. Describe the specific action and steps you took. Use the, use really, I want you to use this time to demonstrate the skills that you know the hiring manager is looking for. One thing I'll caution you here, a lot of people that I hear interview um, and give me, give me examples they focus too much on what others did here, but not enough on the specific role that they played in the situation. You're the one being interviewed, so don't be afraid to talk about yourself. I don't, as a hiring manager, I don't need to hear about the fact that you were nearby a situation that went really well, <laughs> or that oh my 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 coworkers and I we had this big problem to solve, and then it worked out great. Well, what role did you play? Oh, I took notes. Like okay, well I don't. That's not helpful. So right, it's a it's a situation where I'm exaggerating, but it's. You, you want to make sure you know your part. What did you specifically contribute? And if you don't have much there, pick a different example. It's fine. Move on. But you, got, you have to think about this ahead of time. And then our, the result is what happened? What was, what was the next logical step after you took action? Did things turn out okay? Did they not turn out okay? Either way is fine. You can talk about how something didn't turn out so great. It actually kind of is a unique way to, to put a twist on something that the interviewer will remember where you talk about, well, things didn't actually turn out so great. But guess what? Here's what I learned. I learned an important lesson. Here's what I walked away with. And then actually in a, in a subsequent or next time scenario, I learned from that. And here's how I th- approach things differently real quick. And you can even kind of give a mini example next to be able to show that you can learn from your mistakes. They, they know people make mistakes. Hiring managers know that. We, we all do. So this is a way to stand out because most people don't go there. So if you can do it well, I suggest you even try to give it a shot one of these times. Either way, this is your time at, at the end of the result phase of this question to succinctly close out the story. And I say that on purpose again, succinctly. It can be, it's very easy, especially when nerves get going, to take forever doing a setup, even longer doing your action, talking about what you did, and then kind of lose track of what the actual question was that you're answering, and then not close it up with a nice bow at the end. If that happens once during the interview, that's fine. It's going to happen. But don't make that be every answer you give, because that's going to leave a pretty quick negative impression, and you don't want that. So that's the STAR, S-T-A-R, Situation Task Action Result. SBO is very similar. Um, it's just a different way. If your brain works differently, you can do the situation, my behavior, and the outcome, what happened. Very similar to situation, action, and result, as we talked about a minute ago. Um, I recommend typically thinking through STAR as more HR professionals and hiring managers are familiar with it, but go with whatever works for you and your preference. Just make sure to please use one of them because it's certainly the best way to prepare. Now, I also don't want you to just wing it once you get once you're prepping and then also once you get into the interview. I see that plenty and things don't go the way you planned even if you do prepare sometimes, so it's definitely not going to go the way you you planned if you didn't plan. So, go in with a plan. 
Uh, you, you may think you can't control this part of the interview. I think you have the most control over the beginning of the interview. We've touched on that in a previous episode around tell me about yourself. If you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend you go back in and listen to it. You also have control over the ending of the interview when you get a chance to ask questions. That was actually last week's, uh, last, uh, the last episode we did, episode five, was on that very topic. You have 100% control over that because they're your questions. You get to say what you want to say. So you have the most control over those, the beginning and the end. Some might say that in the middle, or the, it's called the messy middle, where you don't have any control. You're at the whim of the hiring manager or the interviewer. I've talked about it before, and I'll say it again. I don't think that's true. I don't, I'm not going to say you have total control, but you have way more than you think, because my, my ask of you and recommendation is to prepare for the interview, going in with your, your intentional plan and strategy of what you want to say, no matter what questions you get asked. I've said it probably every episode. And so I'm going to say that again here acknowledging the fact that you don't know a specific question that you might get, and that's okay, but I want you to prepare for this, quote, messy middle part of the interview between the tell me about yourself and the question and answer time at the end um, as if you have control and prepare really well, and here's how I'm going to tell you to do that. See, there's, these are some of the key steps you can take. I'm going to have you do your homework and then use that homework. So what do, what do I mean by do your homework? I want you to take time to really think through the role and what the hiring manager is probably looking for. I hope you have an idea. You're you're going to be interviewed, so you better have some idea what they're looking for. So here are a couple action steps you can take right away. I want you to list the top three to five skills you think the hiring manager is looking for. I've probably talked about this almost in every episode as well because it's that important. You need to know what you're about to be asked. This is the this, I think this is why a lot of a lot of us going for interviews think we don't have control because we we don't do this type of prep is where we feel like we're at the mercy at the of the interviewer, like I said a minute ago. But it is if if you do prepare well and it is crucial to prepare well. But if you do it well, you don't feel like you're out of control. Um, so what I want you to do is list those top three to five skills that you think the hiring manager is looking for, and then make sure you come up with examples that associate with those skills. And we'll talk about that in just a minute here. It may sound simple. But I want you to to really do that. Actually list them out, those top three to five skills. They're, uh, go back and listen to an episode around the top three things every hiring manager is looking for. I also recommend this on the worksheet that I recommend that you uh, download at equippedinterview.com forward slash start. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, there's some ways to do that there. So the list, the, list out the top three to five skills. I think I've uh, said that plenty of times now. So secondly, write out specific memorable moments in your last few jobs or at college or wherever you're, you were recently, the last time you had a job, write out very specific memorable moments. And this, I'm going to give you some examples here because it's not just huge wins. It's, it could be even frustrations. It could be disagreements with coworkers or managers, time you disagreed with your boss, maybe other students somewhere, problems or roadblocks you encountered, key initiatives you led, or maybe key performance review comments, your best days at work, your worst days at work. You get the general idea. Like what was memorable? What stood out to you? Think it through. These make for really great interview examples. So that's big picture. So you've got your list of three to five skills they're looking for. You've got specific memorable moments. What do you do with that information? If you follow those two steps, you now have a list of skills and some other experiences. Now it's time to prepare a little differently than other candidates so you can stand out from the crowd. So most people try to come up with examples of things they've done, but that's where a lot of the energy stops. This is where they wish, hope, pray that the interviewer finds some kind of connection between the story and the skills he or she is actually looking for as the hiring manager. So what I want you to do, my recommendation is to connect the dots for the hiring manager. Don't make any assumptions. So how do we do this? 
build on the homework that we just talked about. If I call it homework, your list, whatever you want to call it, here are a couple more action steps. That, that list we talked about, the three to five skills, use that list of three to five skills to help you create specific examples that highlight at least one, minimum one of those skills in every single example that you come up with. Put another way, come up with a solid example for each of the three to five skills, preferably five in this case, that you came up with. And then secondly, use your list of memorable moments to come up with a different set of examples. Totally different. Maybe another another three to five here too. So minimum, you're getting six to 10 situations or scenarios that you can use in behavior-based examples. And I want you to call out specifically the skills that you, you know that you're bringing to the table as part of that example. Don't just walk through a story hoping that the hiring manager hears persuasion, time management, organization, relationship management, hoping that they hear those things through a story. They might. I think the likelihood is they, they won't. And so I want you to say that out loud as part of your story. So next step, once you have all your list of examples and some situations, I recommend organizing and, and trying to categorize them if you can. This, this is certainly going to help you during the interview to remember not only your example, but to highlight, highlight an important skill that you want the hiring manager to know that you have. So for example, if you were thinking through, it's kind of hard to talk through visually, but if you're a visual person, you can hear it. Think through a, a chart with a couple, you know, two columns and a few rows. On the left side, list out some memory hook to list out your example, your behavioral example. Maybe you might title it your February marketing project or pitching an idea to my boss's boss. And I'll jog your memory as to what that example is. So on the left side, put the name of your example there. On the right side, just simply put out one or two of those skills that you want to get across. For the February marketing project, maybe it's time management, maybe it's organization, influence, whatever. And for the pitching idea, maybe it's persuasion, creativity, relationship management, you name it, giving direct feedback, something, something you want to put in there that is a skill that you want to share. So just, you can keep it super simple. You can type it up, put it in an app, write it down on paper, whatever way that you prepare is fine, as long as you do the the preparation. So list it out, writing it down often or typing it out often helps you remember it better when it comes to the interview itself. So I, I recommend you, highly recommend you take that next step. One thing I want to add here, and I alluded to it earlier, but you can really strengthen your case on a behavior-based interview example and answer if you start out with a an acknowledgement that you have a process in place for it, setting yourself up to give an example of that process. Whether I, I gave the example earlier of developing someone, it could be anything, but may, please try to to find a way to put that in there. What's my process for doing something that I probably do every day in my job, or I'm going to do every day if I get hired for this, what's my thought process here? How do I approach it? Number it out, if at all possible. Little tip here, when it, when a hiring manager is, is taking notes during an interview, they're trying their hardest to keep things simple as they're right. It's hard to write a lot when you're, when you're taking notes for someone that you're interviewing and just meeting for the first time or second time. Make it easy for them. I mentioned connect the dots before. Great, connect the dots for them so they can write down the skills that they don't need to extract from the example. You're giving it to them so they can write that down and look back at it later and see what they what you want them to see. And then secondly, give them numbers too. List out, okay, that these are the three things that I think are most important. One, two, three, and then expand on them. Because guess what? If they go back and they they look at their notes, they're going to see one, two, and three. And then that's what they'll remember. So at this point, I really just want to share some, I guess, rapid fire tips for th- this type of this part of your interview, the messy middle, if you want to call it that. I'm going to share some uh, rapid fire tips for this part of your interview based on my years of doing interviews. I want you to stand out and get your job. So here are a few ways that I think you can increase your chances of 
of just that during this part of the interview. Be clear and be specific. Don't ramble. In most cases, your answer should be two to three minutes tops. I want you to practice ahead of time, out loud, and time yourself. Think about that last tip I just gave. See if it's a lot longer than that. If they have additional questions as the hiring manager, they will ask and you can give it to them. It's great. It's also better to have a good example, in my opinion. This is my opinion. It's better to have a good example that's slightly off topic than no example at all or, or a bad one that's right on topic. So when possible, stick with your examples and stick with your plan. Tell them what they need to know. They're just asking questions to try to figure out what they need to know. You know you better than they know you. So give your examples. Tell them the most important things about you, even if it has to be slightly off topic. It's way better than just saying, I don't have an answer for that. Or giving a really, really generic, not so great specific example that is related to their question, but it really is not going to help you. So try that out. Also, try to figure out what, what skill the hiring manager is looking for when they ask you the question. So if you can, provide commentary first before you give your answer. This is really going to make you stand out from your competition. I mean, seriously. So here's an example of what that could sound like. Here's a quick question you might get asked. Can you tell me about a time when you had a huge problem and didn't know what to do? Okay. So pretty, pretty basic type question, but so here's an example. You might, hearing that, you might realize the hiring manager is trying to determine your conceptual thinking or strategic thinking, maybe your ability to handle ambiguity, you know, somewhere along those lines. So here's how your answer could go before you dive into your, your example. You could start with, Oh, that's a really great topic. There are so many times in my career I've had to deal with ambiguity, but hey, I love it. I learn something new each time and I really get energized when I get to think outside the box and use some creativity, conceptual thinking. So for example, it kind of reminds me of this one time when, and then you dive into your star situation. So taking that extra 10, 12 seconds ahead of your example really can add credibility and add little extra uniqueness to the way you approach questions, kind of providing a commentary. Basically, you're doing a couple things. One, you're, you're acknowledging to the interviewer that you understand their question, but then also you're adding on top of it a little more flavor than you, they might otherwise get. It also is good practice because what does that call out? That's calling out the specific skill you think you have rather than just giving an example. So you've, you've done that now before you get into your example, and then hopefully, hopefully you can add on to that and build your case and say it again, um, or add a different skill in there during your, your example that you're giving. Best case scenario is to combine all three of those things, give a little commentary, talk about your process around how you come up with things. Back to our example of developing someone. Love developing people. Here's what I think is important with developing people. Great question. Here's my process for going about that. Let me give you a quick example of how that works. One last thing I want to caution you about is taking this to the extreme. You might get, I don't know, in an hour interview, maybe five to seven of these questions max in most cases. You don't need to, you don't need to do this on all seven of those questions. Give a process. Here's my process. And then here's an example, especially if they don't ask for an example. Please don't do that. <laughs> if you're asked for a situation-based situation -based type of question almost every time, remember that's the, here, what's your process for X, Y, and Z, or how would you approach this situation? Most cases, all they really want is to think to, for you to think through how you would approach that, not how you also have approached that in the past. Not for all of them. You might throw that in for one or two to strengthen your case. Hey, here is my process, or here's how I would approach this. In fact, you know what? I've actually done this before. I can give you a quick example here, and here's how it worked. That's fine. Please don't do it for every single one, though, because it's it, it takes a lot of time. I've been on the receiving end of that, and you start to think, wow, I, I'm not asking them for all these examples. 
I've actually gotten to a point in an interview where I've said, so for the next one, I just need a hypothetical, how you might approach this situation. I don't need to hear an example of how you've done it because it got to a point we were running out of time. And I don't need basically a double answer for every one of these, but it can certainly bolster some of your answers. So just trying to find the right balance. It's, it's more of an art than a science. So don't feel bad, but I, I wanted to caution you against that. I'm not saying do this for the whole time. It will take up a good chunk of, the, of your hour or hour and a half, however much time you have. So to wrap some of this up, the the best way to prepare for behavioral interview questions, and really I'm I'm wrapping situation-based questions into this too, since I think you could answer them hand in hand, is to prepare ahead of time. So list those top three to five skills you think the hiring manager is looking for. List the most memorable moments in your most recent job or school experience, whatever that is for you. Use these combined lists to come up with examples that highlight the skills the hiring manager is looking for, making sure you state those skills out loud in the interview, connect those dots like we talked about, and then use a common behavioral interview structure, such as STAR or SBO. I prefer the STAR just because it's more common and more familiar with it if you get asked. You might actually get asked by an HR professional to please use STAR. Like I've had that too. So for what it's worth. I mentioned this before. I'll just, I think it's worth saying again. Some folks consider the portion of the interview in the middle, called the messy middle. Hey, I can't control it. However, I think if you do this process, you are well equipped, better than equipped to be able to say what you want to say. And then you can go into the interview with much more confidence. All right. Based on how long I went with the earlier part, speaking of rambling, I think we'll just answer one question today. Here's a question I got actually um, a few weeks ago, but I think it's really relevant. And it actually is related to a whole episode we're going to do upcoming. So I thought I'd give a little little commentary on this briefly. The question I received is, is getting dressed up for a Zoom interview different than for an in-person interview? So I'm going to dive into this in in detail since it's so relevant to a a lot of people these days, but just big picture, I'd say there, there are some differences, but more similarities than differences. Definitely, to keep it simple, as a general rule, wear what you'd wear in person for the most part. Be cognizant of how the camera, the video, the lighting, that might affect your appearance on camera, but by and large, wear the same thing you'd wear in person. To get ahead of that, though, is do a quick trial run on, on camera. See how things look on camera before you finalize your clothing choice. I mean, since sounds simple, but certainly questions are coming up. Also, I, I highly recommend spending more time preparing for the interview itself, why you want the job, what you bring to the table, answers to why they should hire you, etc. I would focus way more on that type of stuff, everything we talk about for the most part on on this podcast, but it's still good to be asking questions about your parents. It's it's relevant. You don't want to hurt your chances by something as as simple as what you could wear that day. So, hope it helps and thanks for asking. Well, that's all for today, but let's keep the conversation going. Check out equippedinterview.com. And if you like today's episode, please subscribe and rate the podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to it. Remember, there is dignity in work. So set yourself up for success. Be intentional and build your confidence to stand out in your next job interview.